Well, I was absolutely shocked to pick up my newspaper on Saturday and see what the New South Wales police had to put up with on Australia Day. Um, Up to 70 neo-Nazis dressed in balaclavas, faces covered, all dressed in black, boarding a train about to do God knows what. These neo-Nazi demonstrations have happened before and they'll probably happen again. I noticed that the New South Wales Premier, Chris Minns, has said we need stronger laws. What is going on? I, I, I said to, to Nikki on Saturday, what, what possesses these people? What's on their minds? Why would you need to cover your face? Anyway, I know that the leader of the Nationals, David Littleprat, has a lot to say about this, and I wanted to talk to him this morning. David, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, so I'm talking to Nikki Saturday morning, looking at the telly. And I said, what, what's going on inside these people's minds? And she said, look, I think it's like any gang, like a bikey gang or whatever. People feel braver in a pack. They like to belong to a group, especially if they're disenfranchised and a bit lost. Um, but the violence that's associated with these people is, is quite scary. But the other thing is it's the mental set, the mindset behind these people I don't get. Can you, can you help me here? <laughs> No, I can't. And that's probably a good thing that none of us can, apart from this very, very small minority of, of grown adults that want to do dress-ups and then perpetrate some of the most abhorrent values and principles that mod- the modern society has ever experienced. I mean, we saw nearly 7 million Jews wiped off the face of the earth from Nazis in the 40s. Uh, and now we have this element within our society that want to live by their values and principles. Um, that That's just abhorrent. And the fact that they don't even have the courage to show their face speaks volumes about these people. Um, I, I believe in, in free speech and expression mm. of freedom. But uh, when you go to an extent and you, vo- and you, you actually perpetrate the values of something that is so abhorrent, in any society that that the world has seen, I think we have to call it out and we have to actually be courageous enough. And I think uh, what I saw um, on the news is that society has been courageous enough. The fact that the police actually intercepted these people was because uh, general public Mm. mums and dads rang the police and said, this isn't right. We've got these neo-Nazis who are on on our national day wanting to run around and perpetrate God knows only what, um, I think it just speaks volumes that we should take some heart, that society isn't lost after all, mm. that we do have good people out there that are prepared to call it out. And that's what we all have to do. Uh, and this is just something that needs to be nipped in the bud. And while Chris Minns is saying he wants to bring in tougher legislation, there's already legislation there. There's anti-incitement legislation mm. being there since I think about 2018. Um, but mm. it's never been tested. So um, what he needs to do is instruct the, the police not to give infringement notices, but to test that to test that legislation in the court of law. Because we don't know how successful that is. Uh, but if he if he thinks it needs changing, one, it should be tested, and two, uh, he should articulate exactly what extra uh, powers they need. And if it is, I, I don't think anyone's going to stop gonna stop him or anyone else. David, uh, maybe you can answer this because I don't know the answer. I can't even fathom all this. These people, to your knowledge, are they Australian born and bred? Are they from overseas bringing a gripe from overseas to Australia? Do you know anything uh, along these lines? No, I don't. But I, I know that there's a there's a special part of social media, and it's not right. the, the mainstream social media that they that they operate under. 
and obviously our intelligence agencies are watching them very closely. Uh, and this is some dark corner of the web where vulnerable minds, those that, and I don't know their backgrounds, but obviously um, they, they have some axe to grind with society. But this is the dangerous part of the web. And I can speak from some mm. experience out here from Western Queensland. We saw out at William Billa only just over 12 months ago, um, uh, two policemen were ambushed and a good Samaritan neighbour uh, here near Tara. Uh, and they were, they were caught in the dark dark corners of the web from some American guy yeah. uh, that had conspiracy theories about the police were out to get them, despite the fact that these police, two young constables, were doing a welfare check on them. So this is where a lot of this hatred uh, um, is perpetrated in the dark corners of the internet, and we've got to be careful. We've got to give faith and confidence in our intelligence agencies to, to, to weed them out and, and make sure that when they do unearth themselves, and they unearth themselves the way they do in dress-ups, down, uh, down the streets of Sydney, that we lock them up, that we have those laws and test them. The laws are there. And I just say to Chris Minns, throw the book at them. Um, and if, if, you, if you need to change the laws, well, tell us what you need to change. But I don't think anyone's against you trying to change it if it needs, needs more. David, I'm like you. I believe firmly in free speech. And I think you should be able to wear whatever it is you wear. But so where do you draw the line on saying, I believe in free speech, but I don't like what you're saying and I don't like the salute that you that represents you? How do you draw the line on that? Yeah, and well, look, free speech comes with responsibility, the responsibility to, to respect and to respect one another. But when you, when you actually perpetrate the values of, of what happened uh, in the 40s, the 30s and 40s from the Nazis and what they represented and, and a group that actually emulates and believes in those values and principles, then that is a frightening aspect, my very small minority of our society that should be highlighted and should be, and should be isolated if, if they want to perpetrate that in a public way. So if a group or an individual looks like they're inciting violence, that's the line? That and that is exactly the law. That mm. is the law mm. that that has been put there that would incite violence, uh, and that's why we say that there are laws there already. And if these people want to march the streets, and they're saying uh, from you know pushing the Jews out and and putting them out to sea, uh, from the river to the sea, uh, bring back the gas chambers. I no, mean, those stop. Types of oh, things no. are just are just abhorrent. I know, absolutely abhorrent. And so when people start to incite those sort that sort of hatred. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's Jews or, or Catholics or Protestants. It does not matter. That is an inciting of hatred that our country has has been free of. Uh, and when it does perpetuate itself, and that's when you've got to stand up as legislators and say, that is the line where your responsibility um, for free speech has been lost. You, you have overstepped the mark. And it's about the greater good, not about the individual's own right. Sometimes governments have to step in for the greater good and take away individuals' personal liberties and rights. David Littleproud, the leader of the Nationals, is with us here on the night shift. David, to something else, and this is so important, the housing and rental crisis in Australia. And I'm looking at the Telegraph yesterday, queues of people over 100 people long waiting for a rental property, two bedrooms, over $900, about $900 a week. Um, and then you, you also hear about people charging $250 a week for a shed in a messy backyard, uh, people charging people rent to park, to park in the driveway so they can sleep in their car. What's gone wrong? 
Yeah, well, this is uh, the, the nasty side and the exploit the exploitation of the vulnerable when we've got a, a real crisis. It is, and, and we've got a supply crisis. And this is, and I'm not going to blame the federal government on this, um, but the reality is the supply comes from, from state and local government because they hold the planning pen. Their job, their responsibility has been about making sure that there's adequate supply continuing to come through so that we do have this. Now, the only responsibility the federal government has is around immigration and where this government's failed is they bought 518,000 in last year. Uh, and we've got a housing crisis already uh, and they want to bring in close to 1.5 million new people into this country. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we house them. And then when they're bringing the people in, wouldn't you think that when you've got a housing crisis and you've got a supply crisis, you've got to increase supply. So supply, wouldn't you bring in, you would have to say that you would bring in the skills that we need to increase supply quickly, which are our tradies. But unfortunately, unions have said to the government, no, you can't do that because we want to grow our own. And I'm all for growing our own. Mm -hmm. But to put a put a young person, and I've got a young boy, he's going through a trade now, it's two or three years before they're any, any good and yep. can actually do anything of substantial size or scale. We actually have an issue here where we need immigration to, to be pulled back and to slow down, and the people that we bring in should be targeted around the skills that this country needs desperately. And, the, and a primal responsibility of government is not just to keep it safe, but to put a roof over our heads, particularly in a country like this, and so we should pull back on immigration. And I've got to say, one credit where credit's due, one thing Chris Minns has done is he's looking to increase um, housing density. And we're going to have to do that. We've got to have that conversation in some of our capital cities because that's the quickest way to increase supply. Uh, and it also takes away from knocking down prime agricultural land to achieve uh, much of the population that we that, that coming into this country. But that's the quick way that we've got to do it. But state and local governments around the country have to get moving, and the federal government needs to pull back on immigration. Not, uh, avoid knocking down prime agricultural land and just knock down some uh, prime golf courses. That was a joke. That, <laughs> that, was, that was a joke. Dave, this is probably a topic for another day if you're happy to do it. Your, your son, who's doing a trade, how old is he? He's, he's 17. He's okay. nearly 18 in September. Okay. So did he do the HSC? No, he finished in year 10 and ah. went in year 11. To, he left school. He convinced me in year 11. He's, he's a diesel mechanic uh, yeah, yeah. at an agricultural uh, agricultural dealership in Warwick and loving it. But, he, I mean, he was like me. He's not academically gifted. Uh, so he's yeah. he, great with his hands. He's better than me in that way. He can, he can fix things. And, oh. and that's where this is the sort of stuff that we do need to instill. We don't all have to go to university. I didn't, wasn't smart enough to do that. But um, he's, he's going out and we've got a shortage in, in these trades. We should be encouraging our kids okay. that they don't have to go to university. They can go and contribute and probably make more by going and getting a trade. This is a topic for another day. I want to talk to you about how we can encourage more kids to become tradies. How, can we make a, an apprenticeship more attractive? Because we have a skill shortage and we also have a material yeah. shortage. But can we talk about that on another day? Love to. Because it, it's it's so important. I know that apprentice wages are crap. We know that. And back in the day, you lived with mum and dad. They helped subsidise yeah. you. But at the end of it, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel was you had a great trade. And look at what uh, uh, electricians and plumbers earn today, David. So, so... And, and, and you know the other thing, when you are doing an apprenticeship, it, the pay might be bad, but you are getting paid to learn. When you go to uni, you come out of there with a debt. Yeah, exactly. So, so can we can we talk about how to encourage more Australian young men and women to become apprentices? 
Would love to. That's It's a good topic we should talk about. David, always good to talk. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. David Littleproud here on the Night Shift on Triple M.